You are listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast, where we discuss things that matter and argue about things that don't. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Before we start the show, we'd love to hear what you think about our podcast. If you're listening to podcasts on iTunes, uh, please leave us a review and tell us what you think or wherever you happen to be listening. The feedback is really helpful. Now on to the show. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Well, hello there. It's the According to the Technical Rules podcast. My name is Sam Jack, and I'm joined here, as always, by my pal, Matt. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm trying to change it up, but I'm not. I'm no, I'm no thesaurus. He is no thesaurus. I usually say good friend and co-host. Which, both of those things are true. Yeah. Um, pal, I don't know. You could, you could call me uh, Dead Man Walking today. Matt's uh, Matt looks pretty rough. I I like I came to the country to record, and the country said, "Hey Matt, I want to punch you in the face." Yeah, and so I I am I am being allergized pretty intensely right now. Well, and in addition, um, we we have a new little furry friend here in the bunker. Uh, Hannah and I have a cat that uh, that got abandoned or fell out of a car or something out by our by our place and uh we rescued him and fixed him back up he had a broken jaw um, a bunch of weird stuff but got him fixed up so now aragorn the kitty is living with us and that also maybe offends matt's histamines i'm not sure i think that's a good way to put it my my histamines are furious so yeah so i am i'm sniffing. that's a little sniffling which is good because uh normally i think i'm the one that uh sniffles coughs so yeah. So what I'm gonna do is a, is a challenge to our uh, editor and producer Hannah. I'm gonna sniff every time I talk, and then she's gonna edit it to where you can't tell that I'm sniffing. No, it's just gonna be a normal talking. That's it's really. Gonna be, it's gonna be some movie magic, everyone. It's gonna be insane. That's so, really really obnoxious. No, I'm not gonna do that. That's the only time I'm gonna do that. <laughs> oh, so how you been, Sam? Uh, I'm okay. I, uh, I'm <laughs> Very all right. convincing. I'm fine. I went to the grocery store today, and that is always a harrowing experience for me. It, it sounds like it. Uh, I went to Walmart, and because um, that's where, like, if I have anything else to pick up, I go ahead and just do my, my, my grocery shopping there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's not. I mean, I don't love it. I would rather shop at a grocery store, but in the, in the town that I was in, there really isn't that good of a grocery store anyway. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm choosing between a Walmart and a Whole, and a Whole Foods. Or, well, I wouldn't shop there, but like a Walmart and a place with good Aldi's. food. Aldi? Yeah, Aldi. Right, exactly. So I don't have a choice between Walmart and Aldi, so I just go to Walmart. Uh, I got my cart full of stuff. I went and stood in line, and literally, as I walked up to the line, a woman turned and mouthed, "You don't want this line." Ooh. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, looked, and then, like, looked at the lady looking at working and just kind of shrugged. And her stuff was already on the belt, so I was like, "Okay." Uh, so I went to the next line, and there were like seventeen people, all the same family, with two full carts. And I said, "That's not going to happen." And then the next line. Uh, was like an old lady paying with coins. 
Oof. And then the line that I it's ended like you up, were in a like in a sitcom. Yeah, and then the, the, the then the line I ended up choosing uh, seemed reasonable. Mm, but then but... I realized, yeah, but then I realized that like just the cashier was just moving so slowly that it wasn't gonna get anywhere. So I did the thing which I hate, which is I went through the self checkout. Oh man! And you know that I hate the self checkout. You hate the self checkout because it's not something that happened seventy years ago. I hate the self checkout because it's taking jobs away from the American worker. Mm, nah. Yeah, and I hate the self checkout because I go to a grocery store so that someone else will do the work. Well, why don't you just do the Walmart pickup thing? I'm. Pi- you don't have to the, worry about it. What? The Walmart pickup. You just you. You go online and you say what you want picked up, and then they put everything together for you. You just go pick it up. Matt, I'm going to pretend like you didn't tell me about that. I'm not doing that. You don't even shop? Yeah, you don't even have to go no, in. No, I'm not doing that. You just go on the uh, side. And they just I'm not you. doing that. That's stupid. So I went through, so I checked mm. out my own groceries. Sounds awfully curmudgeoning. Which, when I was 18, I was paid... It's whatever six twenty five an hour to do mm, like a dollar twenty five is minimum <laughs> wage when you were eighteen. And I'm doing it myself. I'm checking myself out. I'm sh- I'm sacking mm. my own groceries. I'll sack your groceries anytime. You so want not to. only you need to take it down a notch. <laughs> not only am I like violating my most basic principles, but I also have to do more work. So I am not happy about the self checkout lane at Walmart. So. I uh, have a couple things I wanted to ask you. Okay. Two things. First thing is, uh, this is a card that I saw at a store, and I'm trying to wrap my brain around why anyone would ever buy anyone this card. All right. It was like a, it's a condolence card, but not for, not for death. Just, you'll, you'll see. But it's, a, <laughs> it's like a condolences card. Condolences on something else. This is what the card says. It says... It's a condolence for uh, uh, first, word pro- first world problems. Yes. Sorry you, sorry you had to go through the, uh, the solo checkout line. Because, <laughs> Very specific. Because the, because all sorry the, you had to check yourself out. Because all the crappy Walmart employees uh, couldn't even get it together enough to, keep, to save their own jobs. Right. So this card says, it's okay to be number two. It gives you something to strive for. And I'm trying to decide... That's a poop joke. No, 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 no. That's a poop joke. Well, what would poop strive for? I don't even know, but that's a poop joke. Well, it's, I mean, it is now, but it wasn't on the car. Like, this is a sincere... Matt, there are certain... Like, Grandma are... hears that her great-grandson got second at state, and she's like, oh, I feel bad for him. I'll get him this card. It <laughs> says, hey, sorry <laughs> you lost. Do better. <laughs> that's what uh, the card says. Second place is first loser. There, Matt, there are certain numbers that just you, that can't be said without it being a joke. I don't think I need to mention uh, one of the most popular ones. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, or the, one of the most popular times of day that's a number. But uh, number two, that's definitely... Tw- 12 o'clock is popular. That's definitely a poop joke. It's, it's lunchtime at All 12. right, tell me about your card. Well, that's the card. The card says that. Oh, that's it. That's, that's all the card says. Read it to me one more time. It's okay to be number two. It gives you something to strive for. When would you want to receive that card? Um, man, I'm really trying to spin this one in a good way. I really am. <laughs> it's really tough. I can't get there. What? Oh man, it's okay to suck because now you can be better. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's and it, and it's almost like just just settle into it, kid. Yeah. Like it should, might as Ooh. well just say, so, "Sorry, you lost. That's life." I'd give it to him with a two dollar bill in it. Too. <laughs> 
<laughs> go buy a soda pop. You can't buy anything with that, but uh, but you could you buy a two liter of soda on sale. Yeah, at Walmart. Yeah, self checkout. Self checkout. Okay, It'd be easy. So I just and if anyone uh, has a scenario that they would want to receive that card, uh, let us know. On I had to weigh my uh, broccoli and then push the button and type in the code. If anyone... I work, I work at Walmart now. I'm an I'm an employee. No, uh, I'm an associate of Walmart now because I'm doing the job of the people who are paying at Walmart to do it. I have to put my cart away. I have to check out my own groceries. I have to sack my own groceries. Why do people even work there? If you would like to send a condolence card to Sam <laughs> for having had to sack his own groceries, like a. Like a damn animal. I'm going to give the people uh, at Walmart you can something to strive message for. Message us on Instagram or Facebook, and we will print the card oh, off. Man. I will give it to him sealed with a kiss. That's got me hot. I can, I can tell. All Sam, right. You want a, a cute kid story? Yeah, tell me. This is a kid says, the, the say, say, oh my gosh. In our show notes, Just I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you know me. this, but in our show kill notes. Kill me. In our show notes, Matt, you wrote, uh, kids says things i think is what it was kids says things i think it was kids says things it was like it was like the weirdest yoda kids speak says i think the i've ever dang seen this things well obviously i can't say it with rational human speech but this is the thing so i was uh helping corral uh pre-kindergarten while they were getting their class pictures taken and they hadn't seen me in a while kids things say i looked it up kids things say kids sam k no. Kids, kids things, things say. say. Kids things say. Kids things say. That doesn't make any sense. That, that makes sense. It's okay. our segment, Kids Things Say. Yep. That works. Don't That's our it. segment now. That's our segment, Kids Things Say. Um, and this little girl, and she's, oh, she's so tiny. Okay. I mean that whole class is cute. Pre-K, pre-K. Is cute. this is pre-K, so this yeah. is four-year-olds. I have I have heard from teachers that the, like the first two weeks with the pre-Kers is worse. It's is a, is tough a worse business. than death. Yeah. And so she looks at me, and I had just gotten a haircut. And so when you get a haircut, it's a big deal to kids. And so she said, rather incredulously, she said, "When did you get a haircut?" And I said, "Oh, you know, I got it yesterday." And then she just looked at me with a frown. Like, like she didn't like trust me anymore. Okay, and so like I looked back at her, kind of confused, and I asked her. I said, "Are are you mad that I got a haircut?" Mm-hmm. And she stood up, walked over to me, punched me in the thigh, and then sat back down and said nothing. What? How do you respond to that? You don't. She was she oh, was just man. offended that I did not consult her about the haircut that I received. Oh boy, I'm glad I uh, I'm glad I only deal with high schoolers. Uh, you are lucky. Who punched me in my uh, uh, heart? My, my metaphorical thigh. Is your metaphorical thigh your metaphorical heart? Yes. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. We're two <laughs> metaphors deep. It's too much. Too much. We've gone too deep. Too deep. Um, oh my God, Sam! Yes, the the allergies are making me cloudy in my brains. In my brains, Sam. It's all right. It's cloudy. Let's have a really deep, thoughtful discussion about something, okay? Sweet. What do you want to talk about today, Matt? Let's talk about canon. Opening statements. All right.
canon. Uh, I love canons. I, so when when we talk about canon, specifically what we're talking about, I am a fan. Long metal tubes. Long metal tubes. Filled 33. with gunpowder. I prefer like the grape shot to where it's not one big ball, but it's like a shotgun cannon. Um, because I then thought, you do I thought maximum that, damage. I thought that I was going to get the cannon cannon joke. I'm glad that we both independently thought we are going to <laughs> talk about cannons. No, we're going to talk about cannon, C-A-N-O-N. And so, uh, Sam, so just to be sure that we're all on the same page, yeah. uh, give us a definition. Or what is cannon? Not a formal uh, definition. So cannon is a, um, it's a form of musical composition where the same theme is repeated multiple times and then other themes are also repeated uh, so that the music lines up in a, in a, in a pleasing and melodic fashion. So, <laughs> Matt, do you want to try for attempt three? <laughs> I'm being tortured. I can't tell if I'm dreaming or not because I'm like, hey. <laughs> no, uh, we're, no, we're talking about, we're talking about the type of canon uh, that is the uh, rules or system of a story. Yeah. So like, for, for example, like, Star Wars canon would be what, like, the rules and systems that exist within that storytelling universe. Right. Uh, you often hear that phrase, like, with anime. So, like, oh, is this episode canon? So, like, does it is it something that the author wrote, or is it something that was the same? Made up? The same thing is also used in um, in theology in terms of biblical canon. Right. So like whatever uh, so Protestants like it, don't believe the Gospel of Thomas is, right. is canon. So like canon. is this is this Bible story canon? No, it's apocryphal. So right. It's, uh, but uh, the nerd our culture has co-opted the word canon uh, to talk about story um, and specifically like what things quote unquote happened uh, in the Ooh. universe. Right. Why are we having this conversation, Sam? Because there's a conversation that we had that brought us to this conversation. Uh, well, I, uh, as a, we really haven't talked about like nerd grow, like nerd culture, like our growth as nerds specifically. Um, but I, throughout my evolution as a consumer of culture, uh, have ha- have been of several minds about uh, canon specifically and story. And so what we were talking about was, and this is why I wanted to talk, this is why I wanted to have this episode theme. Uh, We were talking about what happened when Disney bought uh, the Star Wars franchise from Lucas Films. And how um, it was kind of, I mean, it was a watershed moment, I guess, Mm -hmm. in, in, in Star Wars fandom. Because Disney basically said, uh, we're scrapping all of it. All of the stories were basically just getting rid of. Um, so the only things that they kept, I think, were like the uh, original six movies um, and then whatever books were basically written from that point on. Yeah, because there's this, in Star Wars, there's this gigantic like volume like called the Star Wars Extended Universe. Yeah, they call it the EU. And, which is, um, like, it's, it's all this really cool details, really cool like stories behind the stories, how things work. Basically just going out into the universe and explaining like like w- how lightsabers work and explaining like different races of aliens. Yeah. And like different storylines that you might end up seeing in movies. And there are and- everything from uh what happened after the Star Wars films to it's what like happened in between films. Yeah, what happened between, what happened before 
you know, there are books that explore um, specific characters. So like Boba Fett has his own series, um, you know, and I, especially like as a teenager, I was really into the EU, the extended yeah. universe. Um, a friend of mine, I was working at camp, uh, my friend Jared, I was at his house and mm. he had a bunch of Star Wars books and, uh, and I, so I borrowed a bunch of them and I read those like three or four books, like four times over that week. Like I would, oh, wow. I would stay up, I, you know, I would get done with my shift in the kitchen and I would stay up late reading those books. And, and since then I just, I consumed them voraciously and there when i say that there are volumes upon volumes upon volumes it's it's, it's, a lot. it's no joke there's yeah. a ton of stuff um and there are you know and there and, and different people have different opinions about like what what part of eu is the best and what you know what should be made into to movies and stuff um but then when when disney bought star wars disney said uh it's all gone wiped it out and include and that includes um um some of the shows yeah, that have happened in in time. That includes the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So all of that stuff, Disney basically said, "This isn't the story anymore." Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to rewrite the story. Um, and like I remember at first, especially being kind of offended, like or not even offended. No, 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 no. I, I wasn't offended. I felt lost. Yeah. Um, I felt I felt like you know this is this is the story of Star Wars to me. It's not just those six movies and whatever, three books or whatever. Um, you know, this is the story. These are the characters that I love, and how dare you get rid of them? Okay, and they're all gone. Yeah, and even then, I mean, even even as, as a more mature person, um, you know, I was it still bothered me. Like it still well, bothered yeah. Me. And so and so like that even even that like conversation of what what seemed to be a pretty arbitrary decision of like well we're not gonna do it yeah like how how easy it was for them to make that right um we started having conversations about canon and so we. We wanted to have a good conversation, quote unquote good. Yeah. As good as we can do it. As good as uh, the, uh, technical rules can do right. it. Right. Uh, so ab- about canon, and we'll talk about that. We have a couple questions about canon to help spur our conversation, kind of guide it. And so the the first question we had was, who who has authority to make canon or unmake canon right. uh, and justification behind that? Right. Uh, because... Like, if you just want to say whoever, like, because it, it seems strange to me, like, oh, it's whoever has the money to buy the story. Whoever owns it. Yeah. And so, um, that's the question that I had uh, and have been asking myself. Because, the, like, to me, to me, and Sam may or may not agree, like, canon is, I, I, I would say, I would say that it's whoever owns the story, quote unquote. But the person who owns the story is the person who made it. Not the person who buys the rights to it. Oh, uh, and so I, because I, I think that there is authority in canon, and I think that canon comes from the original author. What if, in again, in the case of Star Wars, what if there are multiple authors? Um, but then the, the the collaboration of authors makes the canon. What if an author creates a published work that uh, directly violates some of the established canon? Then it's either a plot hole. Because I mean, so, like some sometimes you're gonna have conflictions in canon, and you just have to write it up to poor writing and plot holes. But you take that stuff even more seriously than I do, uh, probably. And I would say that it's either a plot hole and it needs to be disregarded, uh, or it's just not canon and it's an extra story. But who decides? Right. So this, I mean, this this is a, a question of what is truth, almost. <laughs> well, no. Okay, we're not doing that. No, we're uh, not doing that. But I'm asking you specifically, like, who decides what is a plot hole and what gets ignored? Well, so I mean, plot. I mean, plot holes are objective. Plot holes are. Is this something that makes sense to the plot or not? Like, 
Because, like, you see movies and plot holes all the time. Like, the famous one is an Independence Day where they're like, how do they, how do the computers interact with the alien computers to make a virus? And because there's a cut scene where we get our technology from them, blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. That's blah, not blah, a plot hole. Uh, well, it is without that scene. Um, but who, so here's, so here's, right. so, so I have been, no, I'm leading you towards something. Oh. Who, who filled that plot hole? Well, the, the, the original writers of the story filled the plot hole. But when, but when that all came out, who did all the work, who did the research, who figured out things, and then who, like, who, like, fill, well, filled that rift? fans, I, like, fans can define, like, can look at plot holes. Yes. Um, but I don't think fans define canon, because there's a difference between canon and plot holes. Okay. A plot hole is an inconsistency that does not make sense. Like, logically doesn't follow. Okay. Uh, whereas canon is, like, this is, like, so, like, I would say an example of canon and non-canon would be, like, like you're you're watching an anime for those of you that watch anime, and then they have like a like a Christmas season special, okay? Because no like writers are off that day, like, and I think you could safely say, oh, this isn't canon. It's just they made a dumb, silly episode to fill time. But you, I mean, you you've kind of I real I'm not trying to turn this into an argument, uh, but you've but I'm I, I just want to know how you feel. You've kind of contradicted yourself, no? Because what you said before was that the the canon is set by the people. Who create it, and then you kind of immediately turn around and said, "But like the people created it, but that doesn't count." Well, no, but like just because you make like just because you make something doesn't make it canon. Okay, and because like oftentimes, like the, like like example, like I keep going to anime because that's the the media that's I fine. consume the most. Like they'll acknowledge that it's not canon. Like they'll say this episode is not from the storyline. Okay, and they will let you know that. This is not a part of the story. Okay. And then you can also... And then anime like, is, is an adaptation from manga, like the comic book, basically. And so you can also compare and contrast what is and is not canon. Okay. So that's what I would say with that. Gotcha. Um, I think as far as canon goes, um, as usual, I take a much more libertarian approach to it. Of course you do. And I think that uh, the people, the consumers, uh, are the people who kind of decide what is and what isn't canon. Um, that seems risky. Well, yeah, but it's but it's by consensus. But like, how do you determine consensus of a fan base? Right. Well, I mean, that's that's the problem. I mean, it's not even a problem to me. But like, I kind of get to decide for myself what things I am willing to accept. So you have already. I mean, you've already given uh, not Men in Black Independence Day. Right. Just realized there are multiple Will Smith alien vehicles. Um, <laughs> I maybe should have figured that out sooner. Uh, you've mentioned that, and like, if if you are the person who says I only care about what's on the screen, then that's a plot hole. But if you care about the greater story of that film, then you sort of accept, okay, that plot hole gets filled. So I guess what I'm saying is, you kind of as the viewer or as the consumer. When you, especially something you care about, but I think anything that you sort of consume, that kind of becomes your thing. Like your experience of that is yours. That belongs to you. So um, it, it happens a lot with books. Like if I read Lord of the Rings, my version of Lord of the Rings in my, in my head, in my imagination, in my heart, that's different kind of than your version of Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, but I don't think here's a canon follows directly from that, right? But like my quote unquote version of Lord of the Rings, like that may not be the actual story. Like if the only Lord of the Rings that I've watched was the movies and I've never read the books, like I'm I'm basically I'm essentially looking at a cliff notes of the story. 
Uh, right. Which, no, that's which exactly may or what may I'm not saying. Be canon. But like that's not but like what I, what I'm saying is that like my my experience of a story and what I perceive a story to be doesn't make that the real story. It just makes it a story. So this is where I this is where you have to understand where I'm coming from as like a person and a kid who grew up like um getting so distracted by his own daydreams in school that he got in trouble. Right. In in my deepest imagination, all of the stuff, all of those stories really happened. And the movie you're watching is a version of that. Mm. And no, 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 I'm not I'm not asking you to believe it. I'm saying that to me like that like like when you're watching a movie, that's you you're watching a version of that thing. Or when you're reading a book, you're reading a version of that thing. The canon is real. Those events happened. Right, and so you're just like you're you're observing you're observing those events. I'm I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to just use this as some kind of loosey goosey <laughs> version. I'm saying that that's 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 how I feel. Well, and I I think that that's like, how I imagine it to be. But then I I feel like then there's no true canon then because that means the story is based on whatever your perception is. But doesn't that fit in perfectly into your Independence Day um, story? No. Like. Yeah, because there is a because there's a story behind the story. The movie is part of the story, but the no, there's real a, there's, story. There's a cut scene that explains it. Right, that's not part of the film. That's just like well, well. So that that that, that becomes another like that. That's a separate discussion. Is is a cut scene that explains a plot, plot hole? Like a released movie isn't necessarily the whole story. Yeah, I don't need you to agree with me. I just need you to understand my perspective. Because mm, like I, I'm still coming from the perspective that the original story and original canon comes from the people that make the stories, no, not but, the people that edit and produce it. But this is no surprise to me that you come from a, an authoritarian perspective, <laughs> where you want somebody else to decide for you what is best for you. I no, okay. that's what's happening. Okay, it's true. <laughs> that's what's happening. Take it easy, Sam. So having a story like it's it's not someone saying, "Hey, this is how you have to think." This is not the government. Telling me how to be healthy or how I should live my life, a libertarian. Well, that's kind of how it feels coming from you right now. No, what what it is? Well, because someone like if someone makes a story. So let's say I write a story. Yes. Let's say it's about a frog named Pedro. Okay. And Pedro likes to eat strawberries, and he goes to the strawberry market, and he meets a friend, and they become the best of friends. It's uh, his friend is is San Juan, who is a mouse. And they become the best of friends. The end. Okay. That's my story. That's a good story. And then you say, hey, did you know in that story, uh, Pedro is actually a, an undercover assassin uh, looking to get into the, the San Juan crime family uh, to blow up their drug syndicate? Yeah. And I would go, uh, that's, that's not at all what happened in my story. Okay. But what you're saying is, well, now it is because someone thought of it. So I think maybe you're using kind of an extreme example. No, I'm using a a, a simple redu- redu- like reduced yeah, but example. But it's a reductive example. So let me right. let me tell you how I, let me tell you what I really think about that. Okay. Um, I think that you as an author have the right to say that's not my story. Right. I as a consumer also have a right to say I don't care what you think. I like Pedro the Assassin better. Right, but that's not canon. Also. Canon in my canon in what we're really talking about because like, like I said you made a very reductive example That's what I do Ca- Canon is more like um, Pedro likes strawberries because 
he used to pick them with his grandma before she died. Well, and like it, de- it depends on whether or not that's canon, which is defined by the author, because the author canon, is the only one that knows. No, but canon is the world that exists outside of the story. Well, right, and so that's the, the, que- the question would be, if someone asked me, like if a kid came up to me and said, why does Pedro like strawberries? As the author, I could say, well, it's because he picked him with his grandma. Yeah. But if I wrote a book about Pedro, and a kid asked you why Pedro likes strawberries, and you said... Oh, it's because strawberries are an antidote to the poison that the San Juan family uses to wipe out its enemies. Right. That's not a canon example, no matter how much you like it. Like that's think, not a true. That's not part of the actual story. But if another it's, author, it's fan fiction is what it is. But if another, well, yeah. But that's the question. Fan fiction isn't canon. It's, what is the difference? I, I I submit to you this question. Okay, let's hear. It. What is the difference between uh, a story written by Michael Zahn? I don't know who that is. That's the guy. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. A, a story written by an author set in the Star Wars universe using the Star Wars characters published mm-hmm. by Lucasfilm, okay. not written by George Lucas. What's the difference between that and what you're talking about? Because really? if it was published by Lucasfilms, that implies consent. Okay. So it's like the story has been okay. Because is that are his books before the, the Disney clear out, was it, was it considered oh, canon? Yeah. yeah. And I would say because it... It, like even if Lucas didn't write it, if it was produced by his company, that implies consent that it's a part of the universe. Okay. Would a would the same novel written by a fan mm-hmm. using the characters, staying true to the story, uh, following the same guidelines, but not approved by Lucasfilm, is that canon? No. Okay, then you're taking an authoritarian stance. Yes. Okay. Well, because there's no, but that's all I wanted you to admit is that you're taking an authoritarian well, stance. Well, because I'm that taking one that one person you, knows the truth and nobody else does. But if you create a story and yeah. you create the characters, and then you you are asking information outside of what's explicitly written, a fan does not know that because they don't know the thoughts and the intent of the characters. The author does because the author created the characters. But I'm not sure. I believe. I'm not sure that I believe that you, as the author have any particular um see this is gonna this is gonna be offensive to authors and musicians so i want to be careful (laughs) like our our podcast is released released creative commons like people can people can remix our podcast and as long as they credit us they're allowed to do that legally right did you know that I don't think I did. But okay, I mean, that's fine. Well, since I'm the make person, a sweet remix of our podcast. Since I'm the guy that, that did all the work to set all this stuff up, I, I decided to. Uh, take it <laughs> I made our podcast Creative Commons because I think, um, because I'm in favor of remix culture, and I think that everything that every story that's been written is just is just a remix of the same five stories or whatever, right? So I don't know if I think that an author, once the story is written, once it is published, and once it is in the hands of the people. I'm not sure the author is the only person that has a right to say, yes, this is canon. No, that's not canon. But then I would say, like, if, if the author isn't the person, and then you say, well, it's just a consensus of a group, what you're doing is instead of, if, of placing authority on the person who created the universe, you're just placing authority on democracy and how much and what people vote on, which I would say is... Yes, exactly! As far, no, that doesn't make any sense. Matt, when has... You're demo- just shifting, you're shifting authority. Matt, when has democracy... The will of the people ever gotten us into trouble? <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't think of it. I think I concede my point. <laughs> um, so okay, I think we can agree to disagree. So we've come to with canon. I think that canon is defined 
explicitly by the author of the story. Not the person who necessarily financially owns the story, but the person who authors the story. And Sam thinks that we should, like, everyone has a say, and everybody's voice, everyone gets a, a share of the story. Everybody has has an equal amount of ownership. So basically, I, I'm capitalism and Sam is communism <laughs> with canon. And I think that's fine. Whatever. You can think what you want to think. I think that canon, I do think that canon uh, exists in the imagination of the consumer. Because I because I think that you're no this is real. See, you're rolling I, your eyes at me again. You think that I you think that I'm trying to no, beat I you in an argument, and I'm trying disagree. to you explain. Can, you can make to your you. hippie point. It's fine. I'm trying to explain things to you, and you're trying to beat me. Uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to according to the technical rules. <laughs> I no, think I actually believe the things that I'm saying. If it makes you feel better, this see the, now we're getting into philosophy, and this is not a place where I feel comfortable talking because I didn't take intro to philosophy. Yay! Callback. I think that your perception mm-hmm. of a story okay. is going to be different from mine because you have different experiences and you hold well, different grudges and you have different biases So and honest everything. question, when you, when you say perception of a story, like how the story is received? Experience. Okay, I, that, I, would, I would concede that that's correct. So right then and there, nobody gets to decide for you what the story is, what canon is. But there's a difference between saying how a story speaks to you, which would be based on a, a personal experience, and w- like what actually is truth in a story. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, Do we? I understand your perspective. I understand your perspective. Love you. I love you too, sweetie. Me. So, uh, speaking of canon, uh, where we agree to disagree, but I feel like Without saying, the person who has a stronger point, it's pretty obvious. But moving on, um, because the re- the reason why we had this conversation to begin with was because Disney said, I'm going to change the entire universe because I can. Right. Um, well, because we can make more money. Right. Because we, we can make more money and this will keep the nerds happy. Yeah. And so that... Oh, no. It made the nerds very angry. Well... So this is, this is a question that I would ask. Because, Matt, it turns out that just because some rich fat cat says uh, this isn't real anymore, right. nerds don't believe them. Well, so I, like, my question would be, which would make a nerd angrier, saying we want to avoid plot holes. Right. So we're just saying we're clearing out the universe and starting over. Yeah. Or having things that are inconsistent with the universe. It, I think I, I honestly think it depends upon the person because I think that we're we both feel very strongly about nerdy stuff. I don't right. know if we both really identify as nerds, but mm, we both yeah, feel I pretty think. strongly about nerdy stuff. You take plot holes very seriously, and I anymore don't. Care. I'm shaking my head yes and smiling. I mean, I used eyes. to I used to at least get in arguments about that kind of stuff, but anymore any kind of, any explanation at all is fine. Mm. No, really, I. Well, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. No, I'm completely I want fine. A good explanation. I don't care. I'm completely fine just rationalizing away any plot holes. Well, because this reminds me, what's the movie? We I think we talked about this in our time when we talked about time travel. The the movie with Bruce Willis, where like people get sent back from the future to assassinate people. Yeah, Looper, Looper. So like an inconsistency that I hate was like you know when they're falling apart. Like they, the past self is taken and the future self's trying to get away. And so they're just cutting up body parts of the past person and then the other person is falling to pieces. Yeah. Like I, this is where we disagree because that, to me, that is stupid because it doesn't make any sense. Like but it doesn't Matt, follow. The director says that that happened. 
So you have to accept it. Well, I have to accept it if it makes sense within the universe for the rules that they have set. So you're saying that you get to pick uh, canon, what's real and what's not real. No, I'm not picking canon. What I'm doing is if you create a universe and you create rules within that universe and then you violate your own rules objectively... Then yeah, I can say that's a plot hole. That okay. makes sense. I did. I, I can't say that it can't, didn't happen. I don't remember why we're talking about Looper. Uh, well, we're talking about like the difference, be, like how you pre- like you said that I'm very serious about plot holes. Oh yeah, and because like it's it, it my suspension of disbelief is completely thrown out of whack if you have something that clearly does not follow the movie that you're making. Yeah, like and, if and, you have rules in a movie that says like oh dragons can speak and have a genius intelligence, uh, but they're hurt by kisses and hugs, like. And then in the movie that I'm watching, the dragons are really smart, and the only way to kill them is with kisses and hugs. Like, I might think that's silly, but I accept that as the actual story. Okay. But, like, if you say all those things, and then someone says, I'm going to hit him with a hammer of truth, and you hit him with a hammer of truth, and it kills a dragon, I'm like, well, that's not what you said. That's not how it works. That's not how it goes. See, I think, and this is, and, and I, I need your attention for this. I think it makes sense, from a story perspective, to kill a dragon with a hammer of truth. And then... As a fan, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, well, actually, that, <laughs> that dragon... You're going to actually say, well, oh, actually. actually. Well, well, actually... That dragon was uh, from a cursed bloodline, uh, weak to the hammer of truth. And like, so that, did the op, did they say that fine. in the movie, or are you making an excuse? I'm making for it? I'm making a rationalization. I'm justifying it. You're, so you're justifying that like, an inconsistency that you see. Yeah, you do that in real life. I do it for you all the damn time. Name three times. <laughs> your dress, your attitude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, all I've ever wanted from you are hugs and kisses. And if you would know from anything that I've said, if you want to slay the bad attitude <gasps> dragon that is Matt Hickman, you think that you're a hyper intelligent dragon. I, just, I am a hyper intelligent dragon <laughs> that can only be killed with hugs and kisses. Why are we talking about this? I, I don't know. So we were talking about we're franchise reboots, and we got oh yeah. And so so let's talk about. It. Let's go ahead and hop in um, franchise reboots because Star Wars wasn't the only movie that did this. Okay, or I should say franchise. So franchise reboots that were good and franchise reboots that were bad. So the one that uh, immediately comes to mind for me uh, for good is the Star Trek reboot. Oh, and I, 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 you know, I don't say this very much, but I completely agree with you. Oh, good. I didn't know if this was something you completely agree with. I didn't know if this was something that you were familiar enough to have an opinion on. Um, I really, really, really like, um, the direction that they've taken with the Star Trek franchise, Mm -hmm. um, because they didn't just try to remake. Well, because it's not a, it's not a, it's not a remake. It's not really. Is it is is a reboot something? It's not even really a reboot either because they have. I don't know. How do you define reboot? Well, I feel like so. Like a reboot would be like you had RoboCop in like the eighties or whatever, and then a reboot is oh RoboBot, RoboBot. God damn it, RoboCop. <laughs> I am RoboBot. Uh, so <laughs> RoboCop, your move, weirdo. <laughs> so. So like you have RoboCop, like you have the movies in the seventies, and then you have the the more recent one that was released like five or ten years ago, whenever. And it's the same story, but set in like modern times. Okay, so it's like a reboot because Star Trek was would, not that. Star Trek was a it's a franchise reboot. It's like a almost like a retelling of characters, but the story is different. Like the like 
the universe is somewhat the same, but the story is completely different. If you understand what I'm saying, it is. It is, but I'm not sure that you're. I, I don't think I'm, you're not necessarily quite right because because um, the second one was Wrath of Khan, and that was the original second one. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't yeah. So they're hitting. They're hitting some of the still. They're still hitting some of the main touchstones. I'm glad, first of all, that they didn't remake the first Star Trek yeah. movie because that one sucked. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, but I mean, I understand for them moving from a TV from from TV to film. That's like, a, even that's just tough. even just in a cultural context was a big deal. Yeah. Because like people our age, we don't remember that Star Trek wasn't on the air that long. Um, the original series was only a couple of seasons. Yeah. So, and then it was gone for a while and then it came back and it was a huge deal. And it was like, I mean, it was like a blockbuster kind of a, I mean, before blockbusters, but it was kind of a big thing. Um, and because you were, because you were seeing those characters. Oh, I have a kid say the darndest things. One of my eighth graders, uh, said, Oh, Hey, Mr. Jack, I started watching, uh, Star Trek. And I said, yeah, which one? Oh man, that's super cool. And I was even trying to like keep my enthusiasm down right. I was like yeah that's really cool you know which one and I was hoping she would say like um, Next Generation DS9 or something and she said oh I don't know it was that first one and they were flying around in the spaceships for like 15 minutes and I turned it off <laughs> and I said I said which one was that and she said the first movie and I said oh, oh what yeah. a mistake because they do because they, they fly around on the ships because you get to see the new Enterprise. Right. And that, for the people who are watching it, was a big deal. Right. Um, but the, but so I, would, I, I guess I would call it a reboot because it's the same characters, um, but, you know, like... Updated. Well, so, so this, is, like, this is why I make the distinction. Yes. Is because, it, for those of you that haven't watched it, spoiler alerts, in the first reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it, I think that I would still say maybe a remake, um, a Spock... From the original series, right, comes back from the future, yes, into the past, which makes sense uh, to try to stop things, and then his home planet gets destroyed, right, and then so in these new movies, the home planet Vulcan does not exist, yes, and which is obviously different from the past movies, right, and so they did this basically to be able to tell a new story and tell things in a fresh way, right, without rehashing everything and also without destroying the canon. Yeah. Because the other movies have, like in the universe, the other movies happened. Right. But now this movie's also happening and it's different and it's okay because of the writing that they did for it's it. It's an alternate yeah. past. Yeah. Um, and that, and, and, and that's what I like about it. So I, w- I mean, I would, I guess just call it a reboot just because I don't know what else I would call it. Like in a meta sense, I would just call it a reboot. A reboot make. But the a reason, the reason why I really like it is they stayed true to the characters yeah. without making carbon copies. So like you were talking about Spock, his planet got destroyed, so his, his behavior is different. He's much more emotional. Right. Um, they changed some of the main touchstones. So like in the original Wrath of Khan, Spock is the one that gets trapped in the, in the uh, nuclear chamber, mm-hmm. and in the remakes, Kirk does. So oh, they, interesting. So it's almost like, it, I mean, spoilers. to me... It feels like I'm not doing spoilers. Spoiler alert! If you're listening, if you haven't seen Star Trek yet, that's on you. <laughs> um, I think basically it feels like fan fiction. Yeah. They've basically taken those characters. They've they've mixed them around. They've changed up some of the some of the things, but they've they've put them in different situations, and then they've like written what would happen. Right. And that's why I really like that as a as a as a remake. Um, a reboot that I really like is Judge Dredd. Have you seen the new Judge Dredd? It's are they are now, they though. in the building the whole time? Yeah, I think I don't. I the issue is that I don't think I watched the original one. Oh, okay. So it was meh. It was okay. Oh, it's so good. 
it really is so good. It, it, it keeps the tone. It updates the graphics. Yeah. But that, that's a really good um, remake. What about you? A, a reboot that I like, or a remake, is, is an anime. Me. Uh, is Full Metal Alchemist? Okay. Which, if you haven't watched it, watch it. So this is I like this story. I like telling this story. So this is what what, what originally happened is Full Metal Alchemist is a manga. It's a comic book. It gets really popular. It gets made into an anime. That that is typically how animes come to be. Um, what typically happens is the anime goes really really quickly because man- mangas, however you say it, manga manga, uh, they typically uh, run really slow, and so the anime catches up to the manga if it's still in print. What typically happens is that that's where like filler and extra episodes come from because the anime wants to wait for the manga to get out far far enough ahead to continue releasing episodes. This is what I understand is happening to Game of Thrones. Oh, really? I don't. I know. don't watch it, but this is it is my understanding that that's basically what's happening is they've gone past what the, oh what's been written what he's written. Oh yeah, this is exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he and so uh, so anime typically do one one of two things. They either like like release a filler season. So that's like a whole season of a non-canonical episode or non-canonical episodes. Canonical. Canonical. Words are hard. Um, and that's what Bleach did. Bleach had a whole bunch of filler, uh, but they the, the, the main stories stayed true to canon for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other option, which happens really frequently, which is really disappointing because it's, it ruins a lot of stories, is that the anime says, hey, this anime is popular. We don't want to lose that popularity. Let's just make our own story and finish the anime. Mm. And so like you can tell about like halfway through, you're, like it even feels like, like man, this the tone of the anime has changed, and the story doesn't feel right. Like it feels kind of off, right. and it's because it's like the writers of the anime finishing the anime as opposed to the original intent of the story. And so you have things like things in the first half of the anime that were setting up like the big reveals and the big things, and then they just make up whatever that would be in the filler anime. Yeah, and so Full Metal Alchemist. That's what they did. They they made up a weird story. They made a movie. It was odd, but it was so popular. Like the whole, because it's a really great story. It was so popular that they went back and redid the anime to where it would specifically follow the canon of the manga, manga, whatever. Uh, and so you get to see an anime that follows the story of the manga almost to a T, uh, and it is great. Nice, love it. It's here's wonderful. one. Um... Here's one that I think falls more on my end of the spectrum of canon. So it's interesting that you're talking about that because it does sound like that there is might be some flexibility in canon. Like this is, or maybe maybe I'm using canon too broadly. This writing is good. This writing isn't as good. You almost want to say like, well, the canon stops when the, when it stops. When it being starts good. to get yeah yeah, <laughs> and I get that. So here's one that is even more in the murky waters of is this canon, is this not canon, what is canon, is this a reboot, is this a remake? Let's hear it. That's the new Mad Max. Okay. Because, different story, different Mad Max, same car, possibly some of the same, I mean, not in in the film, none of the characters are the same, but there are a lot of people who think, okay, Maybe we can map this character to this character and yeah. this character to this character. So I think I love the new Mad Max. I like it more than the original Mad Maxes um, because I don't have any particular emotional attachment to the old Mad Maxes. Like I didn't watch them in a formative time in my life or anything. Yeah. Um, and because I really love, uh, what's his name? Tom Hardy. I really uh, love Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Um, 
But like, what is Mad Max? Is it canon? Is that does that? I mean, is yeah. it is it a remake? Is it a reboot? So that's another one that I really like. Um, I was struggling coming up with with reboots I don't like. And well, so this is what I came up with: reboots that I don't like. That's because my like my approach is so broad. Right. The I will say reboots or remakes from original stories, uh, comic book movies, for me can either be really good or absolutely awful. Yes. Uh, and in comic books. And comic book movies, I feel like, have a certain level of flexibility that I wouldn't give other stories. Because if, if you're not familiar like with like comic book storylines, every couple of decades, they wipe out everything and start canon fresh. And so they like all these intricate storylines and all of these uh, characters that they've made and emotional development, they will completely wipe clean and then they start fresh with new like new characters, so and like you can see that because like with, like with Superman, when Superman was originally made, like he didn't fly, he act like he jumped, and he was pretty strong. Um, and then like Superman in like the eighties, you, you know, could like punch a hole through the damn sun. Yeah, and so like you, I mean, you have power creep, but that that's a whole conversation I'm not gonna do. I could talk about that forever. Um, but comic books like reboot and remake canon all the time. That's what they do because, like, eventually, you a, a storyline ends its progression, but you still want to use the characters for a story, and so you just start everything over. Yeah. Um, superhero like movies are really hit and miss for me, and so like for example, like the Hulk, like the Hulk had one, two, three iterations of the Hulk before we're on the one where we're at now, and like the first one was garbage. I don't even remember who was in that one. I just remember there were like Hulk wolves that were attacking the Hulk. Edward Norton. No, there was one before that. Oh. Which was the one that Ong Lee directed? I don't know. That maybe that first one. I remember the Hulk wolves. Uh, Hulk wolves. And then but then like the the reboot with Edward Norton, uh, I heard a lot of people didn't like. I loved. I think he did a great Bruce Bannon. Um is that right? Is that his name? Bruce Bannon? Bruce Banner. You're combining uh Bruce Banner with Steve Bannon. Right. I don't want that combination. Uh, both uh, kind of puffy, sweaty, uh, rage-filled <laughs> monsters. Uh, but I liked his iteration, and then they didn't bring him on for the the, the universe. Uh, Spider-Man, God, I feel bad for him. What was the third Hulk, re- Hulk reboot? Well, the, the Hulk now. The Hulk in... Oh, I thought you said there were three before the current Hulk. No, there's current three. There's currently gotcha. three. And okay. so we're on the third iteration. My favorite. Um I liked Edward Norton. He's not. I'm. I'm. I'm growing on this Hulk. I have a soft spot for Mark Ruffalo mm. because of Thirteen going on Thirty. I. I don't know if I've watched that. Love it. Han- Hannah, the producer, is flabbergasted that I have not watched Thirteen going on Thirty. I. I should watch that. Uh, but like, and then like Spider Man. Like, I feel bad for Spider Man. Like he's just like I feel like he's just been beaten up. With remake after reboot after remake after reboot, and like Tobey Maguire, like the first one was okay, the second one was mad, the third one was obviously the worst natural disaster ever, man-made disaster, I should say. You are um, on the record with your hatred of Spider-Man reboots. Yes. So, how do you feel that that plays into your discussion of canon? Well, and so like with comic books. 
there's a little more, like there's more flexibility because it's almost asking the question, which Spider-Man are you doing? There could be multiple Spider-Mans at once. Right. This happens in the comics where multiple writers are writing multiple well, Spider-Man. Like so there's yeah, so like and so like that canon becomes way more murky because like what who is Spider-Man? Right. Uh, typically I tend to fall that the real Spider-Man is the Spider-Man from the 90s cartoon. Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man. That's your kind of your personal That is that is my Spider-Man. and I understand that that's subjective, but my canon Spider-Man is the 90s cartoon. I my whole point with all of this is I can you I, I feel like I can take two stances. One of which is the stringent strident nerd going, "Um, that doesn't work for me." <laughs> the other is the, you know, uh, uh, j- j- welcome all comers, everybody come in, you like what you like, I like what I like. Like that that that's this this superhero comics specifically is where that breaks down so much for me that I just kind of have to go, "Okay, fine. Come on in." Everybody's welcome. Right, because I think comics, comics specifically comics, it's just... Well, and partially because I don't, th- I don't feel like I, at this point in my life, I can ever know enough yeah. to make a decision I on that. I certainly don't. No. Yeah, so comics are tough. And then a character dies, and then the character gets resurrected and comes back. And, and then, like, I mean, there's a like, so, girl version of the character, and then a guy version. So and this, then, is like, how, this, is, this is what I was getting ready to ask you, is how do you feel, what do you feel about when they take... So in comics, we've accepted that mm-hmm. the characters get multiple lives or there are multiple dimensions or however you want to explain it away to yourself. But this character, this Spider-Man, this Hulk, this whatever, when they get rewritten as something kind of different than themselves. So I'm specifically talking about uh, female Thor. Okay. Uh, which is explained in universe. Right. But still, in, I mean, my mind, I don't care, but it kind of breaks canon. Right. Also... Um, I think there's a, a, a Latino Spider-Man. That sounds right. How do you feel about that? What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I, again, in, like in comic books, I might have a, like stronger stronger opinions like in movies. Like like if you're like, oh, let's do this movie but with women, or let's do this movie but with guys, or let's do this movie. Okay. Except with, I'm like, and kind of like, uh, please, like do something good of the movie. Like the movie industry is already having a tough enough time. Like don't don't just rehash stuff, but make a boy a girl or a girl boy. Do something different. Okay. Com- like so so that aside, like comic books are for for me a little different. I, I don't think I have a problem with that because again, and this goes back to my authoritarian stance. The writers have decided this is <laughs> right. This is what's happening. Who cares if you have a problem with? And it? like like oh like you don't like that Thor is a is a girl now. Like oh well I don't give a shit. Like I'm I'm going to write it. And like but like on a personal level, I don't care. Like if it's explained in universe, sure, go for it. I honestly don't care. And honestly, like, and I, like minorities and and females have have traditionally been underrepresented in comics in general. So like, oh yeah. So like I I think it's a I think it's a sign of good progress that they're like hey like we're we're trying to get a, a group of people trying to read our comics and part of that's a business decision, but also like part of it is like why not? What why why shouldn't there be a Latino Spider Man? Why shouldn't there be? I, I feel like you probably might have a like. Thor has always been a guy, but like, why can't there be a girl who wheels Mjolnir? Yeah, like, why not? So I, I guess um, there was—I don't know if you remember this—there was a big uh, hubbub about uh, Idris Elba playing Heimdall in the original Thor. Do you remember this? I don't remember this being a hubbub. So specifically, like this phrase means more now than it did then or means different things now but specifically white supremacists were against black heimdall 
because everybody in Thor are like Norse gods right, and they're, they're all white. white. Gotcha. And there was a big hubbub about it. Um, so I guess what you're saying is that you don't, that you don't, you don't like it if it feels inauthentic. Yeah, which is but, super subjective. But I'm aware that of you that. think that the creators have a right to do basically whatever they want with their property. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think, and like, I think that is, a, thing, I think that is also, a fair and measured response. Yeah. Um, but I also just, just a, a point aside, Idris Elba, he crushed that role. Oh yeah. He destroyed it. Yeah. He was so good. He crushes every role. Yeah. And he also crushes my heart. He's so handsome. He is handsome. He's a good looking dude. I hate him for it, but he is. <laughs> um, but no, he, he did a great job. But yeah. So that's, I think how you said, that's how I would feel. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so Matt, I guess the last question I have for you um, about canon is, uh, and I've thought about this a lot, and I have, and I have a good one. If there was, if there was a property um, that you care about mm-hmm. uh, that could get rebooted, yeah, and it and it, and it will be re- rebooted in the way that you want it to be rebooted, like it'll it'll be good. So it'll be like... Like guaranteed that I will enjoy it. I'm like, oh, Guaranteed yes. that you'll enjoy it. So it'll be like the Star Trek reboot. It won't be like the Voltron reboot. Um, it will be, depending upon your opinion, it'll be like the Star Wars continuation. It's going to be good to you. Okay. What would it be? And you get to pick the media. So it can be, it can be from book to film. It can be from film to TV show. It can be from video game. I mean, it, it's wide open. Oh, the the only thing like when you say that it comes to mind. I'm sorry if this was your answer. Is the the last Airbender because and I'll say that if you haven't watched it, it is like a it's not an anime. That's a bad reboot. That is a holy god. So yeah, for me it would be uh, Last Airbender. So so for those of you that don't know, it was a, it was a, a cartoon on Nickelodeon um, while I was in like high school. I think it like and then. Recently, they had, they had kind of continued the story, but like the main story was like I was while I was in high school, and even though it was on Nickelodeon, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, the premise of the show, if you don't know, basically people can control earth, wind, fire, or the or water, depending on what quote unquote tribe they're from, and there the is, elements, the elements, if you will, and then there is one person who can control all four, and it follows his journey to save the world. That's it. That, that's the premise. Uh, I love this show, and many others do too. This is like not a niche love. This no. is a this is a pretty pretty popular thing that a lot of people like. Uh, M Night Shyamalan decided to do a live action movie, and I was pumped. Oh, really? I was so excited for a live action movie of The Last Airbender, uh, and then like like it came out in theaters i was gonna watch it in theaters and like something came up and i wasn't able to did you and like shave your head and paint a blue, <laughs> a blue and arrow and on a your blue forehead arrow. uh thought about it and so that i i didn't get to watch it. some people said hey it's not really that good and i was like oh at the time i was kind of short on money i was like well i'll just watch it when it comes out on video surely it won't be that bad and i watched it and it was the worst <laughs> oh my it was so bad like it was like M. Night Shyamalan said what can I do yeah. to like ruin everyone's childhood like yeah. the, the tribes were based on on race which was not in the show no the main characters well it was a little bit but not as much as it was in the show it was show, a little the bit the waterbenders were obviously like Inuit Eskimo like right but like it, the, the, the difference wasn't as pronounced true in the show 
it was race benders. Like it was very clearly <laughs> racial division. Right. Yeah. Uh, the main character's name is Aang. Like the characters in the show say Aang, and this is not like a show that's translated from Japanese. It was made in English with English actors, and his name is Aang. It's not dubbed. It's not dubbed. His name's Aang. And the movie, he changed it to Ong. I don't know why. Just cause. That like and everyone's like, why did you change his name? The firebenders can't make fire. They have to light something on fire, like with matches or some bullshit, and then they can control fire. Yeah. Why did you change that? Why? Like uh, like Pyro from the uh, X-Men, fantastic X-Men franchise reboot. <laughs> uh, yeah, like he has to have fire to manipulate. And so like I'm like, why, why would you do that? The acting was absolutely 100% awful. The story was stupid. Uh the the like the choreography of the bending that was awesome it was so bad it was so cool it was so bad the choreography and the special effects was the only thing i liked no sam so like when the earthbenders are all like 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 stomping forward and they're like they're like and then like one one moving, dumbass rock comes up they're like moving rocks it's i th- i just think it's cool like i i thought i thought, well, yeah, I, I thought the, that the idea is cool i thought that that one particular element from the movie was cool the rest that, of it was a trash fire but that like that was cool that the way that they, they were like you know swirling the water up and then they would bend stuff yeah, i thought that was cool but uh, the, the, it's it's all bad so yeah if if they could remake that into a live action movie that was great I would love that okay and it would be live action yes okay. well because like we already ha- we already have anim- like, a, like a perfect animated version of it I'm just asking. I don't need a rebooted animated version I like a, a cool live action because like things look cool with good CGI and good acting and like it just looks neat do you uh, I, I think that this is a dangerous question to ask you but do you have any opinions on actors or directors? I don't. Okay. I, I don't know enough to not okay. M not Shaman apparently. No, no, probably Get your not. Dumb stupid hands off of anything good. Uh what mine about, tell us. Mine is a uh fantastic movie from the nineteen eighties called The Last Starfighter. I have no idea. I, I thought tell that me. you might not. Tell me. Uh The Last Starfighter is the story of a boy who lives in a trailer park. Uh, he's, I think he's in high school. Like he's a teenager. Okay. He has a girlfriend that he's, you know, trying to make out with. So, you know, uh, and I think maybe his mom like runs the trailer park or something. Anyway, there is a video game, an old console, an arcade game at the trailer park called the last starfighter. Okay. And he loves it, he plays it, he's really good at it, and he, like, finally beats the game, and then out of space comes a spaceship uh, that basically picks him up and takes him into space, and they say, uh, we planted this arcade game on Earth to find the human who would be a good starfighter, Uh, you are now a member of the starfighters. And they, he has to, like, basically save the galaxy by himself. He is the last starfighter. Whoa. No pressure. Uh, the bad guys are perfect. The good guys are great. His, like, mentor is, is this fantastic old actor, and I can't remember his name. His mentor is great. Uh, they're, all of the aliens are hilarious. Um, and since I like to spoil things, the, like, the, like he has, like, this button... This red button that he's not allowed to push, and the whole the whole thing it's really campy, but it's not played cheesy, right? And that's the thing that I don't like about most most reboots today. A lot of reboots today is it's like, eh, let's kind of make fun of this, 
this is great because it is campy, but it's not played for laughs. It's played straight. Yeah. So he has this thing, this button, and it's called Death Blossom. And his like his like lizard man mentor named Grig mm. is like We all need a lizard man mentor. Oh man, he's so great. Is like uh, you know, I think now's a good time to push the button. And he pushes the and all these bad guys are coming and he pushes the button and the ship starts spinning and it just shoots all of its missiles out and just kill and just takes takes out all of the other bad guy ships around him. So it's great. I mean it was like trying to capitalize on Star Wars or whatever, right. but it's so great. And it, and I think like I'm of two minds about like just rebooting everything pop culture from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you know, I don't know. I like it from a nostalgic sense, but I also feel like it's a cash grab. Right. And I feel like they do it wrong so often that I kind of don't want it to happen. But if I'm guaranteed that it's good, if I'm guaranteed if it's what guaranteed, I want. Because the question was, you're guaranteed that it's good for you. Yeah. So don't you love the idea of like, so we're going to update this. We're going to have like a loser dork uh, and he's a Twitch streamer. You know, and he's like, and he's, and he, and like, nobody likes him in high school or whatever. And he's playing, you know. And his Twitch stream has like 10 viewers. Yeah. And it's like an indie game. And so he's playing this game. And, and it's notoriously hard. Yeah. yeah. I'm already getting and into it. it. Already getting into it, Sam. And he gets really good at it. And then they show up and they take it. And then he beats space. it on air. And then yeah. people see him get taken. They're like, whoa, what was this a gag? Right. So. Let's make it. I think that would be really cool. Like, yes. I think that would be a really fun reboot. Um, so I would say if you, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the Last Starfighter because, like I said, it is really campy and it, can, it did not age well. And you can feel what they're trying to do, like they're trying to compete with other sci-fi, and they don't do it very well. But as a kid, man, I loved it, and yeah. I loved, I loved Grig, um, and he didn't really laugh. Like his laugh was like, <laughs> but he was, he's just such a nice, friendly turtle man that I just lizard or turtle. Uh, so he was, he looked like a turtle, but he didn't have a shell. So he had like kind of scaly skin Oh, weird! and no lips. Um, so he had like a round face, but then no shell. So I don't know. That's odd. You can look up Grig last Starfighter later. <laughs> I will. But yeah, that would be the reboot that I would have. And I had, and I hadn't really sat down. I'd like to now sit down and kind of look through actors and think about what actors I think would be really good for it. Yeah. It's hard because I would just pick all the actors that I really like. Well, so, right. So yeah, it would be like the last Starfighter with, um, Denal Glover and uh, um, oh, the guy I was talking about earlier, Tom Hardy. Yeah, and that doesn't really work. Oh for the last no! Time so time. with with Last Airbender, there is a character who is like the there's an antagonist that turns like antihero. Um, his sister, who is pure antagonist, Kuzo, Cusco, Cusco. That yeah. sounds right. Couscous, Quinoa. Uh, I think her name is Quinoa. Um, she's a psycho, terrible, crazy. I think Audrey Plaza would play her well. Yeah, speaking of just actors and actresses that you really like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's all for Canon. All right. It's uh the debut of our newest segment, Who Would Win? Who would win? All right, Matt. So uh who who submitted the question? So this is from oh geez, it's from uh, Chris or Tracy Nash, um, and because they, they both sent me suggestions at the same time, I think this might be from Chris. OG ATTR listeners, holla at ya. So the question is, who would win, breakfast skillets or breakfast omelets? Okay, let's define our terms first. What is a breakfast skillet? So so I well I think that's going to be the crux of this discussion, which is why I want to get it out first, right? So a skillet, one, is either prepared or served in a skillet, obviously. 
and there's no like specific form. It's just a bunch of bunch of hip lob like hashed together. Right, but like so I th- but I think can we agree that the things that have to be included are Oh, so okay. There has to be probably there's probably usually a potato. Typically a meat. There's typically a meat and then a lot of times there's um vegetables. Right. And then eggs and then scrambled eggs. Well, well, I'll skillet. No, the egg is not scrambled in a skillet. The egg is prepared and put on top on a skillet. Oh, okay, that's what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. All right. See, this is why I'm glad that we right. have this. Right. That's why we have the defined terms. And then I think we agree that an omelet is scrambled eggs cooked in a pan with something like, and then folded over. Basically, essentially stuff. an egg tortilla yeah. with either things in the middle or things in the egg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure that Matt is clear about the technical rules of who would win. What we are going to decide as a podcast <laughs> is who would come out on top. In a fight. In a conflict. <laughs> yeah, a fight between these two uh, objects, concepts, creatures, or in this case, breakfast foods. So this is, this is the question that I come. So there's a conflict. So does a skillet, is it like the, T, the, T1, the T1000 where like, if like, because it's already not like a single thing. Yes. So like if it like gets punched and like a, a hunk of hash browns gets knocked out. Yes. Can it reincorporate that or is it like I got shot in the stomach? I think it, uh, I think it falls off. So it falls off and it's gone. I think it comes apart. Okay. And then like, are, in terms of fighting, like are we just, like are we just, uh, are we, are we, uh, what's the word for humanizing? What is it? Personifying. Are, are, we, are we personifying these things arbitrarily? Like they have arms and legs and they're going at each other? Or like, are we like throwing? Yeah. Yeah, let's personify. I, I think them. that makes it. Yeah, well, I think that makes sense. So if we're personifying yeah. them, the skillet. I'm going with omelet in a fight. I think that I'm going to go with omelet too. This, well, this is why I go with. And omelet. that's the end of who would win. No, <laughs> this is why. Tell me, because an omelet is is solid. It's going to be able to take a punch. I think that omelet has its shit together. Yeah, and skillet is just. Bleh. And so a skillet in a fight. Would come at the omelet with, with everything he Right. <gasps> this is just Mayweather McGregor. No, I don't think I don't because I, I don't think a skillet is McGregor in a sense that it would compete well. I think I think a a, a, a skillet is like you know is like you said is confused, disorganized, yeah, and it's just gonna rush omelets, right? Just wildly, right? And omelet being such a well prepared food. Exactly. Egg. Exactly. It's just gonna judo throw that guy, and since it's a skillet, like he's gonna like burst into the fr- like yeah. things are gonna fall off. He's He'll gonna get hurt apart. instantly. Yeah. I think I just it just occurred to me that in a fight, the best thing the omelet could do would be to open its flap and absorb the skillet and into then itself, become a hash it brown omelet. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what would happen. And the skillet does not have the 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 the, the knowledge. The, the knows what's it's right. to be able to anticipate that. So, omelet right now is at the top of the fight. Can you, so I'm, I'm going all in, with, all in with omelet. Can you come up with a breakfast food that could beat omelet? A breakfast food that beats omelet? Or, or a dish, I don't mean just a food. I, I'm but. gonna, I'm gonna say waffle beats omelet. That's like, a, that's a tank. How you figure? Waffles are tanks. They're hard and crunchy. Okay. What's an omelet gonna do? It's always gonna wail on the waffle. The waffle's gonna go, huh? And then it's just going to be a battle of like a battle of like endurance, and the waffle wins that battle nine times out of ten. So I think that the waffle doesn't have enough maneuverability. I don't think it has or to. flexibility to deal with the omelet. 
So the omelet is flexible. The omelet is... I is, think you're attributing too much physical ability to the omelet. The omelet is adaptable, and the omelet um, has, like, multiple ingredients, whereas a waffle is just that one thing. It's rigid, it's solid, it's stayed, right. and it can't keep up with what the omelet brings to the table. I don't know, man. The breakfast table. Boo. These puns are awful. I think they're great. I can't think of I can't think of another breakfast food I'm, that I think beats the omelet. I'm I'm saying I, I'm saying I say a Belgian waffle. Okay, beats a, beats an omelet nine times out of ten. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm saying saying pretty. Hannah is just beside herself that I would dare side with a waffle. But as a podcast, I think we agree that an omelet would beat a breakfast skillet. Like wait, no, yeah, yeah. So the original question: Who would win, omelet or breakfast skillet? It is omelet for sure. <laughs> uh, can we agree that egg white omelet and uh, grapefruit <laughs> loses to everybody? Yes. Egg white omelet. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here for the... And it's gone. It's dead. It's gone. Splat. It's gone. Splat. <laughs> like it's, it's lettuce. It's, it's spinachy interior just all <laughs> over the walls. <laughs> what a weak food. Awesome. So I all think right. that we agree... Uh, Chris or Tracy, omelet wins. Omelet, in the in the case of omelet versus skillet, omelet wins. So, uh, if you guys have any uh, who would win scenarios for us, please get on our Facebook, get on our Instagram, uh, and let us know what those are. Because, um, as you can tell, we need to know. We have really strong opinions about things that don't matter. Yes. All right. So I think that that probably wraps it up. So uh, next time, we're going to actually continue the conversation a little bit with Canon. We're going to be talking about, I think, book, book movie things. Yeah. And we will have a very special guest. Correct. A very special guest to my heart. Uh, my, my high school English teacher uh, will be on the show next time. Yeah, we talk actually, with us about books and movies. It's funny. Uh, he came up uh, last episode when we were talking about teachers that had a big influence on us. Oh, yeah. It's Mr. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Matt's a- a- AP English teacher from yes. high school. And and, and, and actually a, a, a good friend of mine. Uh, they which, went to high school together. No. Mr. Goins uh, is going to be on with us. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, books and movies. Yeah. So, it'll be fun. So, until then, bye. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast. If you'd like to contact the hosts, Matt is on Twitter at MattATTR and Sam is at SamJATTR. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, let's all play According to the Technical Rules.